Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. This is Shirley Halperin, Executive Editor of Music, and with me today is Lior Cohen, YouTube's Global Head of Music since 2016, and before that, a label executive for some 30 years. To get a sense of Lior Cohen, the person, He's the type of brash, weathered New Yorker that might inspire a character called Record Man or Music Biz Exec in a movie. As head of Def Jam Records from the mid-1990s through 2004, when it was home to such hip-hop heavies as Jay-Z and DMX, he helped create the soundtrack that would play an important role in propelling the genre from niche to mainstream to everywhere. Cohen brought that talent for discovery, development, A&R, marketing, and operations to Warner Music Group, which he ran as chairman until 2012. When he left, his protege and number two, Julie Greenwald, remained at Atlantic Records, where she would co-head the company with Craig Kalman and lead the label group to achieve an impressively consistent streak of successes, among them hit records by Bruno Mars, Ed Sheeran, and Cardi B, to name a few. In 2016, YouTube came calling for Cohen, who had in the meantime launched the indie label 300, which had made its mark by releasing Migos' first hit, Bad and Bougie. Cohen accepted the top music job at the video giant and was tasked with, among other things, overseeing domestic and international music partnerships in addition to artist and label relations. YouTube and the music business have not always been happy bedfellows, mainly due to conflicting interests as it relates to UGC, or user-generated content, and its use of copyrighted works whose master recordings often belong to the record companies, and its publishing to other adjacently interested parties. It would stand to reason that being a top destination for music, YouTube and the labels should be working in concert, as it were, and one of Lior Cohen's MOs is to make it so. Lior Cohen, the entrepreneur who got his start as a roadie for Run DMC, sounds much more like a company man today, though his mishmash of an Israeli-American accent remains as distinct as ever, if maybe a little less intimidating than 20 years ago when he and I first met for a sit-down interview. In this conversation, which took place over Google Meet, Lior shares his views on the place of record companies and hip-hop today, including who should be running Def Jam, and offers his thoughts on Rock and Roll Hall of Fame contender LL Cool J, the recent passing of rapper DMX, and Cardi B's wet ass p- AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Welcome back to Strictly Business. Here's Lior Cohen. Lior, thanks for joining me today. And from the broader news world, thank you for making yourself accessible to all kinds of media over the years, whether as a keynote speaker at a conference or a guest on a morning show like The Breakfast Club. I wonder, do you think you've gotten better at public speaking over the years? Um, No, I think (laughs) the wall that I have to climb to public speak is incredibly tall and taxing. I'm terrified, and I put myself in such a a tailspin, and I just feel like I just should just say no to many of them, but I just am so enthusiastic when I get asked to do this that I typically race to say yes, and then I don't sleep from that moment on until I finish the the speech. And in a smaller group, you can be more honest, more forthright. I know exactly what it is. When I look at people's eyes, and I could see intent. So one of the problems with public speaking is usually the lights are bright in my eyes. So I can't tell if people are with me or against me or are understanding what I'm saying or I'm bringing them along. I'm so present in meetings that I could tell, you could ask me to close my eyes and I could tell what everybody's wearing, who's drinking what, who's engaged, not engaged, because when I'm in those meetings, I'm very present. So when I can't read intent, and it makes me anxious. So how has COVID been like for you without in-person meetings and Google Meets and virtually speaking to your staff? It's been hugely rewarding in many ways. It's been very difficult in other ways. Difficult because I know there are many of my colleagues that are suffering, that have either got COVID or may have had loved ones that had COVID, may not 
be in a physical place that being in quarantine is good for. I, on the other hand, had a new child. Being able to be with my um, wife and baby every day, all day, has been incredible silver lining. Also, for the first six months, my older children and I were in the same house, and it was just a fascinating experience full of love and dialogue. There's nothing like being with people. Lior, it's been some time since you got to YouTube. I'm curious if when you got to YouTube and now, has your vision of what your job uh, would be changed? So, no. I actually view myself as the, the person responsible for music at Google and YouTube. I don't really pay attention to the specific remit that is in my title. I feel fully responsible for all music on Google and YouTube, and I act that way. I just want to give a huge shout out to my colleagues at both YouTube and Google who are deeply passionate about how I feel about music at the platform. And the passion is around helping more artists and songwriters make a living in music. And I have so many partners that believe in that mission. When I first joined uh, YouTube and Google, I thought, Man, if I hear one sideways comment about, oh, your industry got what it deserved because they, they didn't change, they didn't develop, I would have left the company immediately. On the contrary, many of the engineers, many of the people that are working in YouTube and Google around music are actually musicians in their own right deeply passionate about building a healthy ecosystem that is fair and helpful. In fact, I was so excited because I didn't know until I actually had the experience of getting to know my coworkers and colleagues about how they feel about music and where music is and where, what the potential of music is. And so I'm thrilled to say that I have made real tremendous relationships that I think would carry on even post me working at Google and YouTube. These are long relationships that I cherish. I live in Los Angeles and there seems to have been for a long time a divide between North and South California. Tech was in the north, that was where the engineering and the programming was, and in the south you had all the creatives. And the two didn't always meet or gel. So that's really fascinating to me to hear you say that. Is that because you've helped build this staff, I wonder? I, I wouldn't say no. I, I think what, um, what really happened, I was classically supposed to shuttle between the industry and the engineers. And I changed 
that remit slightly that I didn't want to shuttle between the two, but actually put the two together. And once they actually met, they realized that they have much more in common than what separates them. And certainly the creative um, industry does not want to deal with scale, data, all the engineering stuff on a global basis. And the Engineers have no interest in chasing artists in the middle of the night to re-record uh, a, a, a chorus or show up to a gig or something like that. So they actually have all the elements of a healthy partnership. Hmm. And once they got an opportunity to meet one another, uh, a lot of beautiful music started happening and relationships started building. And I think what we're now in the new era of playing offense together as opposed to defense and thinking that we're at odds. One of the genres that has really thrived on YouTube is hip hop. It's a global phenomenon. It's the number one musical art form globally. If you go to Vietnam, um, the Vietnam music scene is dominated by rap music. If you go to Indonesia, the same thing happening. You go to any place around the world, Russia, realize rap music is dominating the music scene. And what happened is I had roommates in the Lower East Side in 1985, but I thought that rap had every reason to be global. So I opened up Def Jam offices in London, Germany, and Japan. And I almost tanked the company because none of those offices actually yielded much. And the problem back in 85 is that all the foreign rappers felt that they were stealing something from New York. So they paid too much homage to New York. They dressed and rapped like them and didn't make it their own. And it was only in the early 90s that rappers around the world didn't give a rat's ass about New York or America rap. And suddenly they made it their own with no compromise. And the explosion of rap music has happened. And it's beautiful to see. And there's a lot of incredible young entrepreneurs that are dedicated to this music. Yeah, it's, uh, it's wonderful. And why do you think it thrives on YouTube specifically? YouTube's got over 2 billion consumers. It's a global platform. Music plays a big part in the platform. And so if rap music is big in Indonesia, it's big on YouTube because in many um, countries, YouTube is the most loved brand of that country. Um, YouTube is a phenomenon that's global and, and large. So because rap has an outsized weight in a country and in music in general, it would, of course, be represented that way because of the law of large numbers. When you say large numbers, I mean, you're saying that 
someone will want to hear a song and the instinct will be to pull it up on YouTube. That's the go-to. Particularly, and I think Chuck said most beautiful, is we used to be in an audio business with the invention of MTV. It was a audio video business. And now with YouTube, it's a visual audio business. So I think the flinch that you're talking about is around video. And we are the home to video, the destination for video. So yes, they go to YouTube. I'm curious, like, when's the last time you went down a YouTube rabbit hole? Oh, I love that you said that. <laughs> because when I tell you the two rabbit holes, so I married a Chinese woman from Manchuria. My wife is, I would say, a fashionista, beautiful and glamorous. And we run, I would say, a communist household. And what I mean by that is we divide things up exclusively. So I don't dabble into fashion. She gives me what I wear and or what our daughter wears, but I'm the minister of the beat. And so my daughter and I dance every day because I want her to feel the beat. So the rabbit hole that I started with her and I wanted her to understand music. So we are deeply in a rabbit hole of Louis Armstrong and Billie Holiday. It is so glorious. Particularly, they did a lot of duets together, as you know. It's just been incredible. So I'm deep diving into Billie Holiday and Louis Armstrong. Now on the other side, I'm a nut for Dick Cavett. And the Marlon Brando Dick Cavett interview, when he refused to go to the Academy Awards and sent the young Indian woman to accept his award, is startling. The interview of Dick Cavett with Muhammad Ali and Frazier is startling. So now, here is the problem, Shirley. I'm so enthusiastic about the Dick Cavett episodes on YouTube that I've told all my colleagues in many meetings about this series. I have so many blank stares. Many of them don't know who Dick Cavett is. And that's when I re realize time does not stand still. Can you imagine the best that ever did it? They don't even know. At the same time, when a record like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's wet ass comes out, I look to that generation for guidance and their perspective on how this song represents a female empowerment anthem. What's your view? How do you explain WAP? When the boundaries get pushed and dialogue happens and discussions, you know, I grew up and my parents had potluck dinners and poetry readings and book clubs. And there were groups of people in the living room having long discussions. And I think it's bravo to them to create something 
that we all talk about even now in this podcast. So I, I, I commentary other than that, I just love people talking about it. I love my daughter talking about it. I have 19-year-old daughter. I, I just, let's have more conversations because here's the thing. We're living in an insanely polarized world right now. And the polarized world doesn't realize that if you actually had some conversations, there is certainly more that brings us and unites us than puts us at odds. And I do believe it all starts with conversation. Being Jewish, the remedy for everything in Judaism is education, is learning about something. And so this is in that type of category. Since the arrival of YouTube in 2005, video as entertainment has been as short and DIY as six seconds and as long as a multi-episode fully produced series like Cobra Kai. Now, when we have a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League that clocks in at four hours, it's hard to know what audiences are looking for. Where do you land on length? It's our destiny, all video, and... Part of that is native mobile. So our the power of our cell phone is getting stronger and stronger. Um, the screens are getting better and better. And the ability to make short form content from your phone and have it viewed and seen by millions, if not billions of people is just a, a gift. There's room for everything. There's room for long form. Um, deep and immersive, and there's also room for short form where you're <clears throat> at the line to check in at the airport and you look at your phone and you're swiping and enjoying short form entertainment. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more from Lior Cohen. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. 
There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. And we're back with New York Cohen. What seemed like coming into 2020 a little less obvious, which is live streaming. We, we'd all be so much more depressed than we are if we didn't have just so many options of things to watch from the bedroom concert to full-scale productions, things that are free, things that cost money. What do you see as the future of live streaming now that we're coming out of the pandemic? Certainly, like you said, it was a godsend for all of us during the pandemic. And like many beautiful things, it was the pandemic live stream happens to be one of the silver linings. But I would say that there are tertiary markets that rarely get a concert. Let's say a band, you know, they spend enormous amounts of money to rehearse and create this production that will go on the road for the next three months. I could see a great portion of that going to their most loved fans. N not the full reveal of the show, but a partial reveal that will help augment the cost of that production, of the setup. There's fans all over the world that oftentimes, because of their location, don't get the ability to see a concert. So I see this digital live streaming as being another instrument in the artist's repertoire to engage with their fans. The pandemic has also introduced a lot of homebound Americans to Israeli TV shows. Did you binge any during lockdown? Man, I, um, I, I don't watch television, but when Fauda comes out, boy, I'm mesmerized. That's how I feel about any show starring Shira Haas. You know, in music, we're also seeing several breakout talents from Israel, including Johnny Goldstein, who's helped the Black Eyed Peas notch four Latin hits in the last 18 months, and Omer Fetty, who Variety recently called the secret weapon behind such hits as Mood by 24K Golden and Lil Nas X's Montero, Call Me By Your Name. Isn't it interesting how so many producers are blowing up from Israel right now? I'm not surprised. Listen, the reason why Israel is so dope on a whole host of reasons, they call it startup nation, lots of creativity coming from it, is because of mandatory public service. 
How does that connect is because when you are in that incubation period in public service, it allows you to start formulating your more serious to me, you're amongst your age group and you're plotting and scheming together while you're serving, while you're doing something bigger than yourself as an individual. And that's ingrained at a very early age, so it stays with you. It stays with you. But listen, just so you're clear, you're, you could be assigned to all different units. And those are some of the things that you could carry forward into your education and your career, whether it's engineering, whether it's the creative arts, that's all available in the public service. Public service in Israel doesn't mean that you're just fighting. It means that you're doing something um, for your country in a communal way with people um, your age. If you're interested in the creative arts, you could go to do things that will help you in the future. Does living in New York play into that? Because you grew up in Los Angeles. So New York... Wow, I'm a New Yorker, period. I, I like visiting Los Angeles, but it's a suburban lifestyle that lacks the cosmopolitan part of the thing that gets me excited. I love that New Yorkers live amongst one another. There are no Stepford Wives communities in New York. And so whether cosmopolitan living, diversity, a melting pot. We're all together in New York. I don't mind the weather. I actually love the weather. I love the seasons. It is a, a constant reminder to me about time, and time is very important to me. Another diehard New Yorker is Julie Greenwald, who you hired at Def Jam and brought to Warner Music, where she's truly blossomed in the most badass way as chairman and COO of Atlantic. She is, without a doubt, the most talented music executive in the business. So what's it like going into like a, a meeting with her where you're representing YouTube and she's representing Atlantic? I better have my shit together. There's no freestyling with Julie. She is an incredible mother and community person. She's all about being lean and doing what she needs to do for her artists. And if myself and our team, if, if we're not buttoned up, it, it's problematic. Was Joe Budden your era of Def Jam? Yeah. The Joe Budden podcast has become such a success for him. It's nearing 1 million subscribers just on YouTube. What do you make of his career transition? I love it. Love it. I love everybody who is thoughtful and determined enough not to pull over and succumb to gravity. And Joe Budden is an incredible interviewer an incredible student and historian of the game and curious, and I'm not surprised. 
Bravo to him. Yeah. LL Cool J. You're campaigning, as it were, for him to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's been eligible since 2010 and uh, been down this road six times. Why now? Why now is because with great respect to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame board and its members, John Sykes, who is now overseeing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, has invited change and and wants to make the organization better and stronger. I felt like instead of sitting in my hands, was important to advocate for someone who, because he's done it with such ease and grace without massive controversy, his artistry is being overlooked. We're talking about Jack the Ripper. Okay, we're talking about a guy who, when he left the stage, nobody wanted to perform after him. This is the guy who did Rock the Bells. Okay, this is a guy that, you know, Artists like Snoop or Ice Cube or Dr. Dre or it goes on and on believe should be indoctrinated into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I've been raised by my parents with a saying that everything that you do matters. Like they believe that individuals have the strength and the courage to make change and to create change and I remember seeing lots of trash on the um, highway, and my parents said, if you threw a cigarette butt out, you could say, oh, it's just one more, It's this little cigarette butt can't, the action can't uh, actually produce change. But on the contrary, they told me that you could start a revolution by not doing it. And I've always felt like I have the ability to influence and make change. And I wanted to do it on behalf of LL. And I think he deserves it. And I just hope that other people feel the same way. And if they don't, it's much respect, but they should do actually the history. They should do the effort if they're part of the voting committee to learn and you would see that he has a significant impact. Another incredibly influential artist whose career you helped steer was the rapper DMX. He died on April 9th, which was less than a week ago as of this taping, and was only 50 years old. Def Jam put out his biggest studio albums. The first three sold over 13 million copies which is an astonishing amount. And he'd also shown a lot of promise as an actor, appearing in several films, including Belly and Romeo Must Die. Can you share some thoughts of having worked with him? The privilege of having worked with him, the privilege of knowing him, was that when people talk about the real rock and roll, real, the live wire, the real, there was no blueprint to DMX. I was contemplating giving up and retiring because at that period of time, Puff Daddy and the bad boy 
expansion was profound, huge. It was very big. And Puffy's architecture was around Technicolor, about the possibilities, the shiny things. It was aspirational. Def Jam was designed with black and white and shades of gray. So here I am following and working in the architecture of Def Jam and being, there was no oxygen for that type of art. And I told my crew earlier that year is that I don't know how I can contribute in a world of Technicolor. And so um, I had already started preparing leaving the industry when I was asked to come to Yonkers to um, meet DMX. And I got there at two in the morning, Irv Gotti invited me and he hadn't shown up. And so the Rough Riders wanted to pawn a bunch of different artists on me. And at 3.30, X came in, he had his his jaw wired shut. And I'd like to say that if my mother was there, she would have said, that's obviously the guy we need to sign. As he was rapping, you could hear the wires popping in his jaw. And there was just something about him. I signed him and I, I loved having quick photo shoots. I wanted to see if the camera could witness the genius. And oh my God, surely there was a photo of Polaroid that came back to me that I put in my breast pocket for over six months. I carried it in my breast pocket for six months and I whipped it out every time I needed to remind myself that yes, there is room for me still in this industry. And the moment Puffy had the locks do this happy, dappy, shiny shit, that's when I knew, because I was, I had my Polaroid. That's when I knew there was room for black and white and shades of gray. Now, DMX was an extremely troubled person. And I always like to say that Earl Simmons was a lovely and thoughtful and caring, articulate person. And I tried very hard for Earl Simmons to have a place and have oxygen because I knew DMX was a gremlin. And if DMX had his way, he would drive like he did into a wall. And so the more I could encourage Earl Simmons to live and to breathe and to dominate, I knew that there would be much more rational thinking, especially since he had children. He is a, a, a loving and caring person. So I used to bring him to Lake George because he loved fishing with his son. And he would spend days with his son fishing in Lake George. And I was hoping because of that, he would realize that Earl Simmons is worthy 
of time, life, experiences, and that DMX could be a part of it, but a very small part. And the problem is DMX was such an important person for those that love black and white and shades of gray. Those people um, um, feel like everything was Mercedes and Versace suits, that working class, Tim's, the hardship of being black in America, he was their hope. <laughs> and so when you saw him, he was X to everybody. So X got a lot of oxygen. And unfortunately, like I said, X is a gremlin that is looking for a wall to run into and to be a martyr. And that's what ultimately happened. I wanted to bring up our 2001 interview because it is the 20th anniversary of that interview this year. Um, Lior, you were one of the first people in the industry that I'd sat with, which uh, you know really opened my mind to a whole other world of business writing. So thank you for that and happy anniversary. You said in that interview a few things. You said, uh, I always thought the power in the music business was being close to the act. I didn't know it was being the record company. That would probably be different today. Yes? Um, it doesn't have to be. The record companies have to ask themselves, what is their value proposition in this new world? Are they going to be deeply committed to artist development, deeply committed to the struggles of what it means to be an artist? Do they have an intimate and personal relationship with the artist? Are they a valued um, member of the team? I, I think you're referring to the shift in the industry, but I think the same thing holds today what held yesterday. It all depends on the ethos of the particular record company. I mean, if we were speaking in 2001, that would have been the height of, you know, NSYNC, you know, no strings attached, 2.6 million first week. Like, you know, that that was 2001. So it was a very different time. The power, the power shift certainly revenue wise was on the side of the record company. It is now, too. Even with so many artists doing, you know, like uh, sh sharing masters or l licensing deals or JVs. When I first started 300, the glass going into the lobby was a quote of a Bob Dylan song. If you're not busy being born, you're busy dying. And so accept that things are in flux and be okay with it. Get nervous when things aren't changing. That's typically when you're in the Titanic mode. Any thoughts on who should run Def Jam? Someone bold, someone who has is willing to lay it out completely on the line and prepared to take a lot of risks. And that person needs to be trusted uh, by the senior leadership of Universal to take as many risks as possible. There needs to be a real metamorphosis for Def Jam to be successful. A lot of people think that they're risk takers. And when they got the rock, their knees start shaking. When the buzzer is about to buzz, they get nervous. And 
you know, if you take a look at Jordan shooting at the buzzer, he's in his most zombie state. The coach, just in the timeout, doesn't tell Jordan, you got to make the shot. There are two points down. You know what he says? Take that shot. And you're the best that ever did it. Believe. Tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.